Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. You probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. ExpressVPN will secure your privacy and protect your information. Visit expressvpn.com slash dreamjob and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I feel like there's so much coming up for me in this time And I feel like that's happening for a lot of us. Like, I think everyone's had all this extra time to sort of reflect and look at their choices. And so much is coming up. And the beauty of getting uncomfortable and the beauty of pausing and having a pattern disruption is that we can try to intentionally create what we really want. And I've been noticing that for so long, it, it's so in my blind spot that I, I tend to be so wired to make sure that everybody comes first on the priority list. And I don't know if you guys feel like you're like that, but I think a lot of people are, are conditioned to be that way since we're kids and we put ourselves like dead last on the list. And, um, I've been making some choices and I'll give you guys details soon. But some big things are happening. And, um, well, I'll just tell you, one of those things is that I'm actually moving. Um, we're moving and, uh, we're in escrow. So if everything goes smoothly, then I'll tell you exactly where we're moving and all the stuff. But I've been talking about this for a while. I think you guys have heard me mention this for a while. And for so long, I didn't make that choice because my husband and I saw things really differently. He had just a, a different way of looking at, at where we lived. And, and I realized after a while that I just, I couldn't keep choosing to make his being comfortable the paramount reason for what we did. And after a while, it was like, what's really best for this family? What's really best for me? Like, do I dare even ask myself that? And, you know, I look back at when I was a kid and that's what I did. That was my role. I carried around the weight of everybody's needs and um, I carried all these bricks. I carried the bricks of my parents' problems and the weight of all their pain. And I tried to save them and help them. And I would just put myself into a pretzel to make sure everyone else was okay and often forget myself. And um, things have just clicked into place. And I, I feel like I'm finally really just trusting my intuition. And I just think it's amazing how we can go so long and it can feel so subtle that we don't even notice that we are compromising our mental health, you know, or our physical health or what we really want most. And I'm really excited about what's to come. And uh, just a word to the wise Everyone should be prepared for the difficult ways that others are going to react when you change things up and when you make a choice because it's the best thing for you. I don't think other people always like it, but I do think that when we set ourselves free, we set everybody free. So it's time for a change of scenery. And um, I'll give you guys all the details soon, but as a hint, it's a different ocean (laughs) than the coast of L.A., It's a cleaner, warmer ocean, and it's very familiar. (sighs) The point of my story today is um, we don't have to carry everything for everyone. And when we finally choose to stop doing that, we should applaud ourselves because it's probably long overdue. So today's episode, we're featuring four awesome stories from students of mine who were in my coaching program made to do this. And I'm just so proud of each and every one of them. I can't wait for you to hear what they've built and how it's growing. And they were just in this program just now. This was a program that ran from January through April, like right through COVID. And it's truly inspirational uh, what they were able to do. So Jayeti, we're going to hear from her. She's a writer, a teacher, an editor, and the host of the podcast, Cutting Chai Stories. I'm especially proud of her because she grew up thinking that the only jobs worth having were being a lawyer, an engineer, or a doctor. And instead, she became an award-winning journalist and editor, and then she took 
my coaching program and she realized it wasn't exactly what lit her up. So we're going to get into what pivot she made. And then I have some really exciting updates afterwards about where she is and what's happened just in the last six weeks. So let's take a listen. So Jayati, tell us about you and where you started and tell us about this challenge that you recently did. Okay, so I come from the world of journalism. I have been an editor for the last 16-ish years, first in my hometown of Bombay and then um, here in New York. And I left my day job last year um, at the beginning of the fall. There was a lot of trauma that I needed to just get out of that situation. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I had to leave. And so I did. And then I, you know, I had some savings and I wanted to spend some time just, you know, taking a mental, emotional, physical break. And then I came in thinking, no, I still love editing. I love journalism. This is what like excites me. And maybe what I want to do is work for myself, which by the way, terrifies the life out of me. But, you know, I think I was just so scarred from my experience that I was like, maybe I want to work for myself now. And about three weeks in, you know, we were having those calls with our pod mates, you know, and one of the people, Stephanie, in, in my group, she is also a former journalist, and she was having trouble with writer's block. And she said that, I keep looking at this page, and it's this big blank page, and I don't know what to do. And I, you know, it just feels so weighty. And just as an idea, I said, why don't you try with something really small and bite-sized? So why don't you try writing something that's just 50 to 100 words long? And with something that's so short, the expectations are also really lowered. The bar is lowered. It's not this huge, giant page. And that evening, my son, um, you know, sometimes he asks me to like just make up bedtime stories for him, which I do. And it's like a fun thing that we do together. And he'll say, mom, I want a story about dragons on a quest. And it's always dragons on a quest. And I just, I made up a story for him. And I used that 50 to 100 word format. And on our next call, I was like, hey, Stephanie, by the way, did you do that thing? I did the thing. Look how easy it is. And I shared it with her. And everybody was saying to me that, Jethi, this is really good. Have you thought about sharing this publicly? And I was like, what? No, I just did it for you. This is just like something to show you that you can do this. And everybody was so encouraging. And they said, please post it. And so I posted it on my personal Facebook feed. And Kathy, I cannot tell you the amount of people who commented on that. I think the only other time I got that level of comments is when I was sharing newborn photographs. Okay. <laughs> like it, I was, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. You knew- <laughs> and I, I, I was like, okay, um, I did not expect this. And then it began to get kind of addictive and I thought, okay, maybe I should do one tomorrow and the day after and the day after And suddenly people began coming out of the woodwork. It was so weird. I had people who I didn't think were interested in words, who had never asked me about my job before. And just by putting this out, I I heard from people who I hadn't heard from in 15 years, emailing me to say, I've been off Facebook for so long, but I log in these days just to see your stories. And it's really been about following the sort of trail of breadcrumbs And it's been totally inspiring and encouraging. And I was battling a lot of imposter syndrome too, because I don't have a book. I'm not a published creative writer. I'm not a teacher. What do I know about creative writing? So there's a lot of that. And and when you put yourself out in the world like that, I feel like you're so fragile. And to have a community of people who say, no, you've got this, or you are actually putting something out in the world that we want. I remember a few weeks into putting out a story a day, uh, one of my friends, actually a well-meaning person, somebody, uh, you know, whose professional opinion I respect a lot. uh, We caught up after a while and she said, oh, Jeth, you know, when you started, I loved your stories. And, you know, lately you've been writing a lot about your kid and your home life and, you know, quarantine season. And so we were all like, that was my world. And she said, you know, honestly, I've stopped reading your stories because now they feel like so pedestrian and a little predictable. And I was crushed. I was so crushed. And I said to myself, I was like, oh my God, have I run out of things to say? Like, am I boring now? Like, should I just stop? And you won't believe it. Like that week, I think the next day, the person who I told you reached out to me after 15 years, 
that was the day she reached out. Like she found my email and said, hey, I'm sorry, this is out of the blue. But, you know, the things that you write about your kid and your, your life, I don't see that anywhere. That speaks to me. And that's amazing. And so I felt like, okay, I got like some negative feedback. And then like the world somehow sent me some positive feedback to counter it. And so, yeah. I'm just sitting here feeling like there's no place in the world I'd rather be than sitting here looking at you guys right now. Every one of you comes from a different culture, a different place. I mean, it's like different worlds. And yet there's a goodness and there's a generosity and there's this humanity that unites us all. And this darn, who am I to do this thing that like universally stands in everyone's way when it's like looking at you, Jayati, you're so beautiful and you're so easy to like, and you, you're so smart. And it's like, of course, people want to learn that from you, you know, exactly because of where you come from in your journalism background and who you are, all of it. And it's, it's the way I always said in the program, who are you not to do that? That's the opposite. It's who are you not to do that? You're the exact person to do that. And you had over a hundred people attend that challenge. So the first day, yes, was over a hundred people. And then I counted, I think the people who like consistently stayed and that was, uh, that was fewer. So I think like over the five days, I had about 25 to 30 people do it. But what was so great about it was that, so I had exercises, I had writing exercises, generally one to like two a day. And I had planned all this material. I had like extracts to share and I was talking and I didn't think that anybody would actually feel brave enough to share what they had written. But so many people shared what they had written that there was no way I could complete my syllabus for each day, which is partly why I had the bonus day. But it was such an outpouring. I was amazed. And people are sharing it publicly on Instagram or Facebook and in a community where they don't know each other for the most part. That's so beautiful. So obviously then I had to give feedback on everyone. And then, you know, after some point I had to cut off because then we would never have gone past it. But But I think people were so engaged and that was really the most rewarding part of it. It's so beautiful. And did you have an offer at the end or do you have one? I did. I did. I I should back up actually. Um, I've been doing for the past six weeks, I've been doing free uh, short story writing workshops using this format of like under a hundred words. And so I've been keeping them super intimate, like five people plus me. And I start us off with a prompt And we, you know, we all take 10 minutes, like exactly 10 minutes, and then we write something and then we all share. And then I give feedback and everybody else gives feedback too. And then we end up with enough stuff that people go back and revise and edit their work. And so I'm keeping those, those sessions, but now I'm transitioning them to paid sessions. And so it's a five class pack. And actually I have a discount code for your listeners and it's just Kathy. And everybody gets $40 off. And so that's for the writing workshops. And the other offer I have is one-on-one writing coaching sessions slash editing. Amazing. It's unbelievably valuable that people can work with you one-on-one and you were editing and doing this. And you know how hard that is for you? Let me tell you why. From your culture where everybody is so, everyone's brilliant, everyone's an executive, there's doctors, there's famous surgeons, Right. And you go to an Ivy League school and then you get scrappy and do a challenge. That's a lot for you to overcome. Like that's not part of the standard. That's not what people do. That was a big, big bridge to cross. And you did. And it is going to serve you so well. Because who says so? Who says so? Who says it can't be easier for you? You are so right. I am not a doctor. I am not an engineer. I am not a lawyer. And most of my Indian friends are those things, you know, but I don't know any other people who do what I do. You know, my dad, I love him. But like when I went into English literature, he was like, why don't you become a solicitor? Why don't you become a lawyer? Like you can use your, your gift for words to do this other thing that like earns money and is like traditionally like respectable and people look up to and you know like this thing like what are you doing wait wait till he sees what you're (laughs) gonna create and I have to say exactly because of who you are you have the potential to be so successful and I see this as a podcast this is a book this is a workshop it's going to be so successful just you wait to what your dad's gonna say so actually I do have a podcast so my podcast is called cutting chai stories 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of chai, right? It's just Indian tea. By the way, guys, don't say chai tea. It just means tea tea. It sounds really dumb. But anyway, that's my pet peeve. But um, <laughs> so in India, you have this thing called cutting chai, which is a half serving of chai. So you have it like multiple times a day and you get it on the roadside and, you know, you get it in offices and stuff. And so somebody, uh, one of my friends gave me the idea to call my podcast Cutting Chai Stories because, you know, it's yeah. like a half cup of tea. It's like you can... You know, it's yeah. like it gives you a kick when you need it. And so on the podcast, I do what I do in the um, in the writing workshops, which is um, I share one of my stories and then somebody else's stories. And then I break the stories down so to the and goals of how they're constructed so that people can take them and they become writing tips for other people to use. And then I end with a writing prompt. And actually what was so nice is somebody else um, from the Made to Do This group, who I don't know, I don't know, I mean, she just found me. She is a writing teacher in Jerusalem. And she just emailed me out of the blue to say that she has been using my podcast and the prompts and the tips to teach her students writing um, over Zoom. And so that's been really nice. And I just got invited to teach creative writing at at, at my old school, like back in Bombay. Um, and I'm like, that's I'm not amazing. That's amazing. And it's interesting that you said someone, this woman from me reached out from Jerusalem, because as you were talking, I was like, you know, there's just such a need for people of all different backgrounds to share their stories. And I feel like sometimes the way to stand out is to sort of put a stake in the ground and say like, this is for women of all different backgrounds or whatever. And not that your program is just for women, whatever, it doesn't need to be. But I feel like casting it in that light, even if it was just a series of 10 episodes where the stories you shared were from women from around the world or women of color or women, I just think that it would stand out and I think it's important. So it's just something that strikes me, but I'm so excited that that you're doing that. So tell us where we can find your podcast and you and all the things that you're working on. Okay. So my podcast is called Cutting Chai Stories. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor, and maybe on Google too. My Facebook group is also called Cutting Chai Stories. Uh, on Instagram, it's my name, Jayati Boraj. And you can find my uh, writing workshops and coaching sessions at gumroad.com slash cutting chai stories. Love it. Thank you for doing all that. So cool. Uh, such an inspiring story. And this is just the beginning because Jayeti wrote to me and said that since the interview, she actually started teaching children's creative writing classes and she's made more than $3,000 in sales in the last month. She also has really cool collaborations coming up with our other Made to Do This graduates and they're giving all the proceeds to the Black Art Futures Fund and the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. So make sure to go to the show notes because we're going to have all those links there. Plus, remember, she has that generous code available for you guys. So if you want to use it, go put Kathy, that's the code on her site, and you can get a discount on her five pack of adult writing workshops or her one-on-one coaching. Jayete, you are so generous, wise, and kind, and I can't wait for what's ahead. So keep us posted. Okay. Now we're going to hear from somebody I adore, Brianna Vincent. She's a business coach and a healer for soulful women entrepreneurs, and she has such a gift of helping people unlock their potential to be seen and share their story and thrive. She's one of those really special humans who's always cheering other people on, always giving support and seeing the best in people. And I love how she was finally able to do that for herself. Let's listen to her story. Brianna, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for making the time all the way from Australia to be on our Zoom call today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. So tell everybody what you've been working on and how you're helping people all over the world. So for me, I've been a coach and healer for eight years and I've really played it small for a really long time. You know, just working one-on-one, small workshops. Didn't believe in myself really. Ultimately, that's the, the key is that I just didn't feel worthy of being seen and being heard. And For me, I just want other women to feel seen and heard. So when I started the program, I thought I'm just going to help women to start a business. That's what I've done. This is what I want to help them do. And just, again, it was like kind of a really quite a small um, dream, even though I've always had these big dreams. But for me, I just kept telling myself that that's for other people. That's not for me. And I put it out there last year. We went through a really challenging time um, personally in our business and in order to help and support my husband, I totally put all my dreams aside and 
that's just what I do. That's what I've always done. Um, I've always been there to support and help everybody else, but never sort of really allowed others to help and support me. And when that happened, I made the decision that this wasn't going to happen anymore, that I wasn't going to sit back and not let myself be seen and be heard. And I put it out there towards the end of last year and I said, I need to find somebody that's going to guide me there. And I don't know how, where, what happened, but Kathy showed up on my Facebook page and I was like, oh, this girl seems amazing. So I joined your five-day challenge in January and I was just blown away. Having been in this world for eight years and done lots and lots of programs and, you know, tried to put myself out there, but it always felt so icky and everything you said, everything you did, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my heart. This is what I want to be helping people to do. I want them to feel loved and I want it to be authentic and real and so I was like, okay, this has got to change. And then COVID hit and I was like, okay, I'm playing this still small. So I'd run a couple of small challenges. They felt good, but they didn't quite feel amazing. And I was like, what have I got within me that I really need to help people um, do? And I could see in the group that we're in that lots of people were selling themselves short, like I had done. Um, I weren't able to see their potential. And that's a gift that I've always had is to be able to see people's potential. And I just want people to see how amazing they are. Um, and I was like, okay, I've got some stuff in here within me that I'm going to do, and I'm just going to put it out there. So I popped it in the group and I said, who wants to receive a free profile from me where I'll literally unleash what I see in you from an energetic point of view, from a mindset point of view, from whatever. So a 17 page, literally all about you. And I said, I would only do it for five. And I ended up taking on eight um, because that's just who I am. And the results from that have been phenomenal. Like the feedback, what people have gained, the breakthroughs in what they're now seeing in themselves and what's possible has just... I, I want to cry for them because I look back and I think I'd longed for that for myself for such a long time. And I'm going to be honest, Kathy, that's what you gave me. The permission to say, here I am, this is what I've got. And I'd hidden it since I was a little girl and I'd make everybody else feel so important and just not myself. And you gave me that permission to do that and to say, here I am to the world, not just my little local community like I'd done for eight years. I've got more to give this world and I want to be there to serve and to make people feel important and to be seen. And that's what's happening. And I've just opened up a Thrive Sisterhood and I've got 32 amazing women from five countries who are just, the cart literally opened an hour ago um, for that. So I have no idea where we're at. So we're on day four, but I just am feeling so alive and I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. You're so special. Everybody who knows you loves you. And what a brilliant, brilliant idea to make those profiles for people. I'm, I'm listening to that offer and I'm thinking, I've never heard that offer in my life. I will tell you what I see that's in your way. Mindset that your gifts are this, that. I'll, wrote a whole, I'll write a whole thing. I'll have a whole like sort of profile on you. That's what people need so badly as a mirror. And yes, that's your gift. I mean, I'm just so excited that you then added, and I just opened the cart to this membership because I'm like, do you know Denise Duffield Thomas? Do you know what you're about to unleash? Do you have any clue that you're going to be building that $7 million house on the beach and enjoying it and bringing women there for retreats and, and sharing and all of it? Why shouldn't we? Why? Where is the ceiling on what we're allowed to enjoy and how much we should have shame over? No, it's too much. You should feel ashamed of that much joy. Have less. Why? Who said so? What is that about? That's the weirdest thing ever. You are so magical. I'm so excited. So what's next? My aim is to sort of every eight weeks, we'll do another round of bringing people in to give, a, obviously, give me time um, because they are such, and everybody that enters will get a profile because I just believe everybody needs that beautiful thing just to say, this is me. And it's a growth frame. It's like, here you are. This is, you know, how amazing you are. Here's some things I can see that are maybe holding you back and let's move through them. Let's help you unleash yourself and yeah, let the world see it. you. I've always said, you know, anybody can have anything that they dream of. And I even hear my little girl saying the same thing. Actually in kindergarten, she said the most beautiful thing to one of her friends. Her mum said, you can tell your mum's a life coach because she said, you know what? <laughs> 
this little girl, her friend said to her, oh, no, I can't have that. And she goes, oh, yes, you can. You can have anything you dream of. And that was like the proudest mum moment I could ever have. And this now I'm like, I can have this and I can help others have this too. And we're all Amazing. on this journey together. And the whole purpose is for us all to rise and, you know, do this together and make the world a better place. So I love it. I love it. And I could see you having your own podcast too, where you do profiles of people and just sharing that. And the more the more people see it, the more it's like bees to honey, you know, they're all going to want to be a part of what it's a no brainer. You crowned yourself and now the floodgates are open. That just had to happen. Yeah. Thank you. I have started a podcast. I haven't given as much love as what I, as what I need to, but it's definitely, and the point behind that will be helping people to be seen and to be heard and exactly that, you know, helping them to see their amazingness and amazing. It's so, so good. Brianna, you're so sweet. Those women you're serving are so blessed to have you leading them. If any of you listening are interested in working with Brianna, she's planning to launch Thrive Coach Academy in the next few months. That's going to be about training you to become a certified coach or add any coaching skills to your business. Plus, she's writing a book and launching her podcast. There's truly no stopping this woman. We'll have all her links in the show notes so you can say hi and give her your support. Brianna, I'm so proud of you. You deserve all the magic that's coming your way. We have so many more awesome stories to share, but first a quick ad break. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. You might say incognito mode is good enough, right? Well, wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced and clearing your browsing history doesn't help either. That's why we need ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP internet service provider can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN secure servers. Each server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users, so everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. They also encrypt 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. I love how easy this is. All I have to do is tap one button and I'm protected. And to me, this is really important because my business is online. So I want to make sure no one else has access to my information. Plus, it's really convenient because it works on all my devices so I can use my phone or tablet or computer with peace of mind. So protect your online activity today with the VPN I trust to secure my privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash dreamjob and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash dreamjob expressvpn.com vpn.com slash dream job to learn more. All right, now we're going to hear from another awesome, sweet soul, Laura McNeese. She's an incredibly talented artist specializing in colorful, exuberant portraits and landscapes. She came into the program as one of those people who would often be inspired by the podcast, but not do anything so much about it. And boy, has that changed. I'm so proud of her because it took a lot of courage to overcome her old beliefs and show up and serve, but she did it scared. And what she's been able to create is amazing. Take a listen. Laura McNeese. How are you? Oh, hi. I'm well. How are you? I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. And I want you to tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to and and what you've been doing and what the big sort of like aha was from all of it for you. Sure. Well, it kind of started with being sad and listening to your podcast and your book on the bus and then actually not doing anything about being sad, but knowing that I needed to do something and then joining the program and kind of trying to iterate and just try things because you're sort of forced to do that in the program. And I, I made a, a little painting of um, Malala Youssef and I posted it in this handmade for kids and babies in BC because I had a client buy one of my original works of Joni Mitchell and, and say that he was putting it in his daughter's room and that he hoped that my work and her work inspired his daughter. And I, I just, I loved that. So I tried, I made one of Malala and then I posted in this group and I was like, Hey, is anybody interested in this? Not really anybody was interested in that. So that was fine. And then started to try and do these paint nights. I hosted a paint night as like my messy beta version when I could still have people over, which went really well. And then COVID happened and I just kind of took what you said that Seth Godin said, which was, what can I do to be of the most use right now? And I decided to start hosting the paint nights through Facebook and Instagram live. And I have been doing that every Thursday for the past nine weeks. <laughs> I mean, really, I feel like it's so healing and magical, right? In the middle of, of, of a time where it's so easy to just paint everything with one brush, which is there's 
nothing good here and no one has any hope and things are so heavy and and there's a lot of truth in those feelings and then to come along and be like well does anyone feel like being creative right now and then to find out that there are souls who want that and yearn for that and who were willing to let go of their sadness for a minute like that's actually that's a high level that you had to have the courage to put it out there because a lot of people would sit there and go oh my god am i gonna seem dumb and like tone deaf to be like let's do something let's not just be it's not about being productive let's play let's paint and how was it received how have people been enjoying these paint nights i am just blown away by how the people have been receiving the paint nights and i i get so just proud of what people create and they post them in the Facebook group that I did not want to create the Facebook group. I had huge resistance to that. I had to tell my accountability group, listen, I have to pay you all $200 if I don't create this Facebook group by next week or else I would have never done it. Oh my gosh. So I did make the Facebook group and then I wasn't doing anything with it. And then I started the paint night thing. And then the thing that I'm most excited about is when people post their painting in the Facebook group, they're commenting on each other's and encouraging each other. And I just love to see that sort of community aspects of it. And I don't have to do anything. I just, I show up, I paint the painting, tell them how to do it. And then they kind of post them and I get really excited about what they post and then they're talking about it and they're wanting to improve and it's just really exciting for me and and what you were saying before about the painting everything with the same brush and being tone deaf and it being out of touch for me to try and do something fun I'm very much a, a mindfulness meditative person and if I didn't, I would go insane because I'd be so far into the future or so far in the past. Yeah, totally. I would just go nuts. And so for me, painting brings me back into the moment and makes me a human being again. And yeah. so there's two things, helping other people do that so that they can be mindful in this crazy time and have an hour and a half not to think about everything that's yes. going on yes. in the world and just be in the moment. Yeah. And then the other thing is people that think that they can't paint or that they can't be creative because for a multitude of reasons, usually it's somebody told them when they were young that they, their drawing sucked or whatever and helping them walk through step-by-step and having them create something from nothing and showing them that process is just so rewarding for me and exciting for me. Yeah, of course. And it's so true. It's so healing to take a break from watching the news and to paint something. And I love that people are reminded yet again by your story that the things that we offer don't always have to be whatever is quote unquote essential, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're hearing right now about essential things and how, you know, we can only have drugstores that are open and grocery stores that are open, but that people need these kinds of moments. We need that freedom. We need the creativity. We need the meaning. We need the mindful aspect of it. They say that you get the same effects from painting and coloring as you do from sitting and having like pure meditation. And it's amazing. And also I have in my notes that there were nine commissions for paintings that you sold over the last few months. Is that correct? Oh my gosh. The act of shutting my inner 14-year-old snobby girl up and just doing what I should do or what I, or what I think might be helpful and putting myself out there has really opened up some interesting opportunities, including I've got a bunch of commissions that I'm working on right now. I randomly got connected with a gentleman who walked across Canada to raise awareness for the missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada. And um, he's writing a book. So he wants art for the book. And so I'm painting two paintings for him. And I've been, you know, going live on Instagram with him while I'm painting and he's reading from part of his book and which has been really cool. And I can't believe right before I go on or right before I do something and it's like, oh, nobody's going to like this or what am I doing? This is silly. And then 
just going ahead and doing it anyway. And then what comes out of that has been really encouraging and confidence building for sure. You're confidence building. You're making everybody feel so excited right now because to hear you say, I like got over my 14 year old girl self who was like criticizing me and telling me I can't just put things in the world. And then I did it. And then what that started to lead to, that's what I always say to people like, talking about your work is what brings you more work. Like the organic, just doing it in front of people, people go, Oh, I didn't know you do that. Oh, can I work with you? And then people you don't even know are watching or connected to you start to be connected to you in an organic way. And I heard that you doubled your Instagram following and started this Facebook group and a mailing list. And how is all that going? Have you seen from the first moment that that started to percolate and to build? It did especially with the Instagram. When I started putting more stuff out there on Instagram and also being a lot more social on Instagram, things started to happen. And in that being more social on Instagram, having more followers and having more participants in the paint night and having people join the Facebook group. What I find kind of funny is that a lot of the people that join, they don't paint, they just watch. And they like the sort of, um, the soothing that they get from just watching the process of painting. And I I have a feeling that some of those people are a little bit nervous to try. And so they're kind of just watching out and then eventually they'll give it a try. But a lot of people are just watching, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it it just started building and I, I don't even know what I'm doing I'm just like doing things and trying things. So it's nobody does, Laura. That's the thing. That's really (laughs) the thing is that's the thing is nobody knows. Like, I guess the one thing that we do know that people do who are successful is they are willing to put themselves out there consistently to iterate, to try, and then to really genuinely care about people who show up to follow them. And then there's some level of just like, it starts to just churn and build on itself. It's so beautiful what you're doing. I think you're just amazing. And last thing, speaking of podcasts, you're going to start a podcast or you already started it? Dash. Yeah. Away. So I've, I've, I've written it. I haven't put it out yet, but yes, I'm starting a podcast because a multitude of reasons. I'm a major dork and I'm the person at a party after like two glasses of wine, who's just going to tell you, you know, the whole history of Joni Mitchell or Ram Dass or Georgie O'Keefe. And then I'll just- Oh my like, God, why don't you live near me? Like, <laughs> we, it's like all, that sounds so good. I'm in for all of those conversations. Yeah. So I just thought maybe it would be cool because I, I'm so inspired by your podcast and all the people that are on your podcast. And I love biographies and a lot of my artwork that I create is based on people and their stories, biographical portraiture. So I am just doing short little biographies, inspirational biographies on people. The other inspiration is what you said about the regrets of the dying and how one of the biggest regrets is that you didn't live a life that was authentic to yourself. But a commonality between all of these stories is that at some point they had to go from where they were and do something that was totally unexpected and not acceptable in their minds or in their sort of society or culture to be able to make the contribution that they made. And so I would like to tell those stories and sort of create artwork around those stories. I mean, what can I say about that? That's amazing. (laughs) I have one more thing that I have to tell you. The podcast that you did with Rabbi David Aaron was just completely life-changing. I listened to it four times. And the thing where he said, you just have to do what's in your bag. And I wish that I had heard that 15 years ago. I'm not going to cry. You're crying. Um, And then... (laughs) When he said also that there's something broken in your bag and what problem do you want to solve? What problem are you interested in solving in the world? And I think for me, it's helping people with that block to their creativity and showing them that it's okay to make things and that they can do those things because what was broken for me is I'm very dyslexic. So I had a really hard time in school and, you know, teachers berating me for not being able to spell and all this stuff and so I had to get over that and I feel like I can help people get over their creative blocks so thank you 
Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you are the furthest thing from broken. You are so beautiful inside and outside. It's uncanny. It's uh, once in a while, God makes a person who is as stunning on the outside as they are on the inside. And what a magical thing <laughs> to give the world as much as you give in substance and it comes through your beautiful face. And everything you just said is, it so touches me. Like that's like the part of the conversation I had with him that, you know, I really do feel like is so important. And I've known him for 22 years and I've never heard him say that. And the fact that we all do have a bag of things that we were given to serve, but then there's something broken in there. And that's part of what we've been given to serve with is this need. And um, I just think that you have such a huge mission that why that depth that just came out of you is so clear. There's such a kindness. It's so powerful. And the world feels that from you. And I just can't wait to see what you keep creating. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you for everything. Laura, you're such an inspiration. You guys, if you want to join her super fun paint nights or go see her gorgeous work, check out the show notes for all those links. And as she said, her Dash of Life podcast is coming out soon. So definitely go follow her and you can get updated when that's coming out. Laura, it's been such an honor to be a part of your journey and I'm so excited for what's coming. Now we have one of the most generous kind souls that I know, Angie Bailey. She's a calligrapher and a calligraphy teacher. And I love her story because she's redefining what it means to have an important job or an essential career. And she came to a big realization that really freed her from those old narratives. It's so empowering. Let's take a listen. So Angie, the sweetest person, tell us where you started out and what was the sort of aha moment and what did you build? So before I had started the course two years ago, when I turned 50, I said to myself, I need to get back to myself. I'm a very creative person. I put the lid on that for so many years. And I feel as a result, I ended up with an autoimmune condition, uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I did so many things to make myself better, proper diet, exercise, and so many other things, medication. And there was a missing piece and I did improve in my health, but there was this missing piece and I really felt it was my creativity that I had closed the door on it. And so I started creating again and started back um, with calligraphy, which I had learned when I was a kid and my health started improving. I started feeling better and I thought to myself, how can I make this part of my everyday life? So apart from myself, doing this for myself, I wanted to share it as well, this whole healing piece, creativity and healing. So for two years, I know that I have the courage inside of me. And I would say to myself, okay, let's do this now. Let's put out a workshop. And I would do a few workshops and get paid for it and say, oh my gosh, like I actually did that. And they were actually good. And they were, people received them well, they enjoyed it, they got a lot out of it, they you know, learned this new skill and really liked it. And then I'd kind of put that off to the side. And then I would look for something else and say, like, then I would, you know, begin to cower again, like I would say, who do I think I am? You know, there's so many people out there that are so much better than I am. And it was this whole thing about not feeling worthy. But then I would get this boldness would come out. It was like a wave. And I'd say, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. And I'd get the guts and I'd do it and I, and I would do it well. And it was always received well. So this was two years of this wave. And then finally, when I saw that you were putting this up and I said, I'm joining this, I said to my husband, he didn't even know that I was thinking about this. And at the very last minute before I called you up, I said, Dave, this is what I want to do. I need some support. And I know this girl is very supportive. And She is just the kind of person that I feel like she's my best friend because I've been following her for a long time. And, and so I did it. He said, yeah, do it. I don't care. Do it. So this whole time for myself, even though I kept going on the down wave, I kept feeling like, don't give up because you, you want to get there. And lots of times I said, you know, just give yourself some grace you're doing the best you can, you have a stressful day job, and when you come home, you're exhausted. And so our 12-week course was incredible because along with you, all the people involved, I've been looking for these people 
for the past two years. And so together we help each other out. There are people within our group that want what I have. There are so many people in our group that I want to join all of their offerings because they're all incredible. So I have to say, okay, I'm going to choose these few right now <laughs> and go with that. And I am so grateful for that. You are <laughs> so lovable and it's so cool to hear you share from your heart. And it's really amazing how you started with this desire. It's been in you for so long and you were dealing with so much on your plate. And I'm sure people listening have so much compassion for you. And also, even if they don't necessarily have the same struggles with their health or with such an exhausting day job at the same time, I think they can relate to just that feeling of like, I have this yearning and yet I have no idea how to take this thing that keeps me up at night and, and, and have it come to fruition. And so I want you to now share what you're doing with your creativity and what you started to put out in the world. So what I chose to make happened by fluke. I had Tina Walsam messaged me and because we're friends now on Instagram. And I guess she saw that I do some digital work as well. And she said, Angie, will you make my digital signature that I can put out into my emails so that my clients will, you know, will see it's my signature and it's just more personal. I said, absolutely. So I made it for her and I had never done this before, but truly it's just one of those things that came easy. I knew I'd be able to do it. So, you know, I did it. I sent it off to her and she's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You really need to put this out into the group. And so a few weeks went by and I just kind of put that off to the side and I thought, nobody's going to want this. Like, this is something that just didn't take a lot of effort for me, but yet you hear that all the time. Something that comes so natural to you is really one of the things that you really need to share because it doesn't come natural for somebody else and people may actually want it. But I did keep this in the back of my mind and continued on with other things. And then two other people in our group, Gail and Rena, they put out a post saying, come on group, we need to get bold. And I thought to myself, well, what can I do next to be bold? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to put that thing out there that Tina had suggested. I'm going to see if people want these digital signatures. Plus, I haven't monetized in so long. I need to do this because like, is this a hobby or is this a business? So I put it, the offer out there and I said, hey, I put it out to our group of 300 people. Hey, does anybody want their signature? And I said, digitalize. So all of a sudden, I had everybody messaging me saying, Angie, I want this, I want this. So within the first 24 hours, I made $500. <laughs> right? And I'm saying to my husband, oh my gosh, I think there is a light at the tunnel. As much as I love helping people in my day job as an operating room nurse, I really do feel like I'm in a cage and I have felt like I've been in a cage for a very long time. And I have to tell you that one day it was, I think it was 2011, this uh, really nice uh, plastic surgery resident came into the room and she had this pretty little chain on and it was a cage with a bird flying out of it. And I got up close to her and I looked at it and I just started to cry. I started to cry and I, and I realized, oh my God, I'm in, this, I'm in this cage and I need to get out of this cage. And as you know, as time went on with this program, I have come to the realization that, that the cage door has always been open. And thanks to you and everybody, your team and everybody in this group, I'm able to fly out of this door now. And this courage that I know has always been inside of me is going to help me to soar to wherever I want to go. I, I'm almost like fighting back tears because nurses are the most incredible human beings on the planet. And to think of you doing that, right? To think of you being in an OR and to think that so many of us as children are somehow given this message that in order for us to be worthy, we have to crawl on our knees for a thousand miles 
in a desert. In order for us to be worthy, we have to do the hardest possible thing. When all these years, you're an artist. And we have all these beliefs that I wouldn't be able to make money easily. Nobody would want that. Obviously, that's to be put away for, you know, Sunday afternoon just for my own self to doodle. And the rest of my life, I will literally sacrifice my health, my well-being, and all my dreams because that's what I was told. And it's like, who says that's so? And you then put something out there. It's not just saying, I like to paint anyone. It's here's an offer. Here's a thing. And it's thinking first, like, wait, might someone need a signature? Let me offer this thing to that group. And boom, 500 bucks in 24 hours. And you go, oh my God. It's almost crazy how someone like you all these years didn't get to experience like, oh, it could just be easy. I don't have to suffer. My immune system can be okay. And I don't think it's taken away from how good of a person you are. I think a lot of nurses are like, but I'm a good person. It's like, so I need to do a job that's really hard and really helpful. It's like, but look how many people you're going to help who heard this just now, who are listening and going, I want to do that. So what have you been doing since that initial offer and sort of what's your plan to keep building this? So first of all, I need to step back and say that yesterday, thanks to a tarot card reading that I had by Maddie Cartwright, I came to the realization myself that I'm the one that has been stopping myself because even though I keep saying, I never wanted, my parents wanted me me to be a nurse, I wanted to be an artist, but it's been me that has been stopping myself because deep down, I do want to help people and I know I will help people in these other ways, but I felt like being a nurse was, and I obviously still feel that way, that it's an important job, whereas being an artist is, you know, apparently airy-fairy or whatever. I didn't realize that this was a deep-seated belief. And that is why I've been stopping myself, because I think, no, I'm important because I'm a nurse. Everybody's important. Everybody's worthy. And I learned that through you. And I know everybody's worthy, but I need... I needed to realize that I was worthy myself. And so I'm not exactly sure where this is all going to go, but there are so many things I could do. So I put off this offering of the digital letters onto my website. Thanks to the coaching by Adrian Mitford, our amazing Adrian, I was able to put up a shop myself on my website where I've got these digital signatures available. I've made some digital pens for the Procreate app. I'm going to put those up there. I'm going to put up some calligraphy workbooks. And so I'm going to put up those there for people to purchase. But I have been doing in my Facebook group weekly lives where I teach calligraphy. But now I need to start monetizing on that. So it will either be maybe a membership or a course. Oh my God. It's so good. I love it. It's going to be so magical. And what you just said is so powerful. You know that you were only important if you did this kind of work. And if you didn't, then it's airy fairy and you would lose your sense of importance and people wouldn't think you were important or people wouldn't think you were serving. And it's not relevant what other people think is important. It's relevant that you do your, your job and your job is important. So Thank you for sharing that. It is so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's so exciting where this can go. And so tell everybody where they can find your signatures and your digital products and possibly your calligraphy class when it all comes out. You can find me on all social media at Angie Bailey Art and Soul. And my calligraphy group on Facebook is called Calming Calligraphy. But I'm also on Facebook at Angie Bailey Art and Soul and Instagram, of course, and my website. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a delight. Thank you. How awesome is that? And I'm so excited to share that Angie has an update for us. She created an online course called Fabulous Faux Calligraphy, and she created a special coupon code for anyone who wants to get 25% off. So we'll have all those details in the show notes, plus all of Angie's other links so you can go give her some love. Angie, you are such a light. I know you're going to help so many people get in touch with their creative side and they need you. We are all so blessed to have you in the world. 
So I hope you found those stories enlightening and I hope that you start to recognize truly what's possible for you. Here are the takeaways. Number one, identify what's broken in your bag and what problem you want to solve. Those broken pieces are your greatest tools. Number two, you can have anything you dream of. Number three, the thing that comes naturally to you is what you really need to share. Number four, the cage door has always been open. You can fly out now. Number five, everybody is important. Everyone is worthy. Number six, start small. You don't need to fill the page. Take it one word at a time. And number seven, don't ask yourself, who am I to do this? Ask yourself, who am I not to do this? Thank you guys for listening. I know that there are so many things you could be doing with your time. It means a lot that you're here, that you're listening. And we have so many good podcasts coming out, especially Jason Mraz's episode is going to be airing very soon. So please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen. And if you want a chance to win a scholarship to my program, plus some adorable swag, we've got these don't keep your day job, let your colors shine, heart of a hero, t-shirts and hoodies and mugs then go ahead. I encourage you to join our star giveaway. All you have to do is subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. So you subscribe to the podcast, which is free, then leave a review and take a screenshot and email that review to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. And you can just put in the uh, subject line star. I wonder if this episode inspired you. Did it? If it did, would you take a second and share this with someone? Because maybe it would be motivating and helpful. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Monday. Got the heart of a hero